This is Ringler Radio, where you get all the latest news and information about the structured settlement industry from the experts in the know. Ringler Associates, the undisputed leader in structured settlements for more than 30 years and the only broker you need. Ringler Radio is made possible in part by the life markets that issue structured settlement annuities, including Aviva, Genworth Financial, The Hartford, Mass Mutual, MetLife, Liberty Life, American General, and Pacific Life and Annuity. Now, join Ringler Radio host Larry Cohen. Welcome to Ringler Radio. I'm Larry Cohen, head of Ringler Associates New England Operations, and we're certainly glad you could join us again today. Remember, you can find all the Ringler Radio shows on our website, ringlerassociates.com, or on the website of the Legal Talk Network at legaltalknetwork.com. Well, Ringler Radio has taken the show on the road once again, and we're here in Seattle, Washington, at the 2006 ATLA convention. And it's always uh, exciting to be broadcasting at ATLA. There's so much going on here. We've been here for several days. Last year we were in Toronto, and that was a great city. And uh, this year in Seattle, and boy, what a surprise. It's been a terrific place to be. The weather's been great. Hasn't even rained a bit, and we're, we're having a very, very good time. Joining me as co-host today is uh, the chairman of Ringler Associates, uh, Dennis English. And uh, Dennis, you're down there in South Carolina today. Uh, and yeah, you're, Larry, you're on the I'm phone. Sorry Welcome. I can't be with you. Yeah, I know. Uh, although your weather must be pretty good down there as well. Well, it's a little warm and muggy, <laughs> but we're enjoying it. Uh, and I would be there if if it was at all possible. So, but I appreciate the opportunity of meeting all these people over the phone. Very terrific. And we're going to update. Uh, a topic that we've covered in the past, and uh, and it's really the buzz among a lot of the trial lawyers around the country and here at the Atla Convention, and we're talking about the Vioxx trials, which are very much in the news, as you all know. Uh, Dennis, why don't you give us a little background on the uh, on the Vioxx scenario? Well, as I recall, there's about 13,000 lawsuits that have been pending against Merck, and the company, uh, Merck, says it's going to fight all of them uh, individually. Uh, only a handful have made it to the trial stage, but so far Merck has won four cases and lost three cases, with the juries awarding multimillion-dollar verdicts in each. Well, that's right. You know, the the seventh, uh, the most recent one, I think it's the seventh one, uh, last week in New Jersey, and the jury found in that case that Vioxx was not responsible for the heart attack of a 68-year-old woman. Uh, there was a jury of five men and two women, and they decided that although Merck failed to warn the plaintiff, Elaine Doherty, about the heart risks of taking Vioxx, it did adequately warn her doctor of such risks. And the jury found that Merck did not commit consumer fraud in either its marketing of Vioxx to physicians or to the plaintiff. And I think the eighth trial is going to go on pretty soon. Going on right now, now? Yeah. Call. yeah. Yeah, who's... Tom Trotty, a good friend of ours, oh, is yes. uh, representing plaintiff in that case. And, uh, and I guess there's many more to come. Well, there are, and uh, that's one of the reasons we're going to have uh, a discussion today with a with a guest that knows he's got you know finger on the pulse kind of guy, and he knows exactly what's going on in the arena. And uh, that's because our guest is attorney Ted Meadows with the national firm of Beasley Allen in Montgomery, Alabama, and he's really an expert on the Viax litigation. He focuses on representing personal injury victims throughout the country in claims against the pharmaceutical industry and uh, medical device manufacturers. And he's a frequent speaker on mass torts uh, and especially uh, an expert on the Vioxx scenario. So welcome uh, to Ringler Radio, Ted. Thanks, Larry. Good to be here. Well, Ted, what do you think is uh, going on with these verdicts? Uh, what do you think about the latest verdict that cleared Merck of negligence and consumer fraud uh, last week in New Jersey? 
Well, it's obviously uh, disappointing for the plaintiffs, especially for the plaintiff that, that was involved in that case. I, uh, but it is disappointing for plaintiffs in general and for plaintiffs, plaintiffs attorneys. But nevertheless, we uh, you know we, we went into this. Uh, my, my firm got involved in Vioxx uh, years before it was even pulled off the market. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, we've been involved in it for almost five years now. And uh, when we got involved, we knew we were in for the long term and long haul. We fully expected that a big company like Merck would take on all cases and uh, and uh, so we, it's not a not a major setback to us. Uh, we we press forward and uh, and move on to the next case. Well, right now it's about a sixty forty split on uh, in favor of Merck. What's the read, what's your read on that? Then? Yeah, I think it's to be expected. I mean, you, you're going to see Merck uh, as they have to date come out with uh, a, mainly focusing on essentially trying to blame the plaintiff or the doctor. Uh, for what happened uh, to cause the adverse event or, or the injury that's at stake in a case. And uh, as the plaintiff's lawyers learn more about these cases, I think you're going to see that percentage uh, can, uh, increase in favor of the plaintiffs over a period of time. You know, uh, when the, these verdicts have come in, monetary awards have been, uh, you know, a little bit over the, you know, around the scale. They're not, they're not all consistent. Uh, how much, do you know how much was awarded to these plaintiffs and what's your take on uh, the, the value and the amounts uh, that are being awarded? Yeah, they've, uh, they have varied in amounts, but uh, by, I think by anyone's standard, you would say they've been large. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first verdict came out of Texas uh, for something in the neighborhood of a of $253 million. It was uh, reduced by the trial court and is now going up on appeal to the Texas Supreme Court. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, ironically, uh, we even find that the plaintiff's lawyer is, is uh, joining in the appeal there uh, for a different issue, trying to get the uh, Supreme Court to uh, strike down as unconstitutional the reduction of the award. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we saw in New Jersey an award for $13.5 million or something in that neighborhood, and then another Texas award for something in the neighborhood of 30 million dollars. So I think uh, if if we can read anything into those awards, um, it certainly, I think, sends a message uh, to everyone, especially drug companies, that uh, the type of conduct that, that Merck has participated in is not acceptable. So when juries are comfortable enough to find causation in a case, uh, they're obviously awarding large amounts of money. Well, you know, it's uh, it's interesting as to why uh, plaintiffs lost in several of these cases. Uh, did, did the defense in these cases all use the same approach, uh, or they, did they adjust it for the individual case? That's a good question. In general, they use the same approach. Uh, but uh, that general approach has to be tweaked a bit depending on the, the plaintiff's uh, preexisting conditions. Uh, Merck has has said they're going to defend these cases uh, on an individual basis, and and what they try to do is a focus on um, any problems that a, that a plaintiff may have had going into taking Vioxx. For instance, did they have diabetes? Did they have preexisting heart disease? How old are they? Uh, you know, heart attacks happen. They happen before Vioxx. They will continue to happen. Uh, and that's uh, what Merck tries to focus on. They try to get a jury focused on the fact that uh, other things cause heart attacks. Mm-hmm. And what about uh, your Beasley-Allen claimants? I mean, you've got some plaintiffs out there. I know you can't be maybe too specific about each individual, but uh, how, do you, how do you see your cases that you're, you're pursuing? We've, um, 
We've tried. We we tried the first MDL case. Uh, it was one of the the losses. Uh, with new evidence that's come out recently, we're actually uh, uh, going to try to uh, have a third trial on that case. I don't know how successful we'll be with that, but uh, we've looked at literally thousands of cases, uh, well over ten thousand cases. We're currently reviewing about seven thousand cases, uh, and. I think we have some very good cases in that mix. We have some cases that are set for trial and some that will be set for trial in the very near future. So uh, I think we have a very healthy inventory of cases uh, that are being uh, led by some good cases for trial purposes. Mm-hmm. Terrific. Uh, Ted, have you been following this California case that Tom Girardi's trying right now? Yes, I have. In fact, I uh, I was in L.A. this week taking a deposition in the Primpro litigation and uh, finished my deposition a little early, so I drove over to the courthouse to check on, on the case. And um, uh, one of my partners, Paul Sizemore, uh, uh, is involved in that case. Uh, he is uh, uh, principally handling the science issues. He's probably one of the premier lawyers in the country on Vioxx science issues. So he's been working with Tom on that case. I spent a little time with Paul and Tom, and uh, they seemed optimistic. Uh, I, I got to go into the courtroom, take a look at the jury. It looks like a, a, a good, fair jury to me, just by, by all outward appearances. Uh, and um, I, I expect they're going to be wrapping up their case here in the next couple of days, and the defendants will, uh, will then proceed. You know, it's interesting, if you talk to a lot of the people in the public, uh, they're aware of the fact that Merck basically has already admitted that Vioxx is dangerous. They took it off the market. And to, to a lot of the public, they say, well, that's, that's a problem. There must be a problem with the drug. And yet, and yet each individual case uh, comes out differently. The, Merck has a strategy that they're going to try each case individually, which is uh, somewhat unusual in this day and age of class actions. Uh, why is that? Why do you think that is? What's well, happening? I think it uh, it's an approach they really have to take uh, publicly at this point. They 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 have to say they're going to fight these cases individually. Uh, we still have uh, statutes of limitations that are open in most states, uh, and for them to say otherwise would encourage filings. Uh, so. Uh, it, it's not unusual for them to take that position uh, at this point. We're still early on in this litigation. I fully expect they'll continue with that line for a while. Great. And, uh, you know, legal fees are astronomical, as you know, uh, for Merck. I mean, I, much, I know they're a big company. How spending to defend these yeah. cases? So far, they have spent over a billion dollars defending these cases. Wow. And Wouldn't they have not... Them? <laughs> what's that? Wouldn't it be cheaper to settle them? <laughs> it, it would seem so, uh, at least uh, by my standards it would be. But uh, they, they, uh, they've they spent a billion dollars defending it. I don't believe they've spent a dime settling a case or paying any of those people that they, by implication, admit they've injured. Hmm, interesting. Are the plaintiff attorneys out there uh, in the community that you're, you're dealing with every day, are they are they trying to push for settlement, or are they just realize they're going to be trying cases and gearing up for, for trial? You know, uh, I can speak for my firm uh, that uh, we're not pushing for settlement uh, directly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it's hard to settle a case if you don't have a willing party on the other side. 
so uh, our approach is that we've got to do the best thing for our clients. And uh, without a willing party on the other side, the only thing we can do is push hard for trial dates and, and uh, hopefully get good judgments. You know, the other thing is that the medicine around, uh, well, you, we saw it in the breast implant litigation. There, there comes, you know, articles come out later about breast implant that, that implicate different, different issues. Uh, just this past Monday, uh, I think it was July 10th or so, the New England Journal of Medicine, which is one of those respected journals, uh, issued a correction uh, on one of their claims about Vioxx, and they reversed an earlier article's claim that Vioxx elevated the risk of cardiovascular problems after only 18 months of use. But I saw the article did not state when the increased risk actually does begin. So h- how do these articles that come out, how do they affect the uh, the current you know trials going on and maybe the future trials uh, when sometimes medical opinions come out and they, they change a bit? Yeah, it's... Uh it's really remarkable. I, it, it's part of what I enjoy about doing pharmaceutical litigation is you're constantly getting new information uh, that, that reshapes the questions that are involved in cases. And I can tell you that to, up until this uh, uh, new information came out last week, Merck was, as a part of their defense, uh, in what we call short-term use cases, claiming that uh, well, there's no evidence that someone who took the drug for less than 18 months uh, could be injured by vi- uh, Vioxx. Well, uh, that defense ain't going to fly anymore. Um, so uh, I, I expect that it's uh, only going to strengthen the plaintiff's cases from here on out. Ted, uh, aren't there some class action suits followed as well as individual cases filed? Or how are those things going? What, what do you need to see as the future for this, for this, this litigation? Yeah, uh, there are classes filed. Uh, it's it's important for me to point out that uh, that my firm is litigating these cases on an individual basis, as is you know probably ninety nine percent of the other lawyers in the country. But there are individual, or excuse me, there are personal injury class actions that are filed. They've been consolidated in the MDL in New Orleans. Uh, there have not been any certification hearings to date. Now, there are other class actions that deal with other issues, third-party payers and and uh, state class actions that are further along in the process. Interesting. And uh, what about the, you know, there are calls, I understand, from uh, attorney generals of 31 states who were investigating whether Merck violated state consumer protection laws when marketing Vioxx. Uh, could that kind of lead to a punitive damage aspect of the case if uh, if it's found to be that there was a lot of uh, consumer fraud? Yeah, you know, we've seen punitive damages awarded in uh, some of the cases, so individual cases so far, but uh, certainly an attorney general brings to the table uh, some strength and power that uh, a private lawyer does not and is able to get his hands or her hands on information that we may not be able to get a hold of with the with the threat of uh, criminal prosecution. So I, I expect that uh, we're going to see some states that are going to recover some money. It's going to change the dynamic of the case, I think, for everybody when they start. You know, an investment advisor said to me once that uh, when Vioxx was recalled, the, the shares of Merck, they plunged down to around $12 a share, down to $33 a share, and it wiped out $28 billion worth of value. 
for all these investors and pension funds, et cetera. But what's interesting is uh, even with all the problems and the lawsuits today, now the stock is around $37 a share, so the values come back up. So Merck's uh, doing pretty well in terms of that. Let's take a short break and to hear more from, uh, you know, the people that make Radio- Ringler Radio happen. And uh, in about 60 seconds, we'll come back with Ted and, uh, and with Dennis and talk more about the, the Viax trials and what's going on. Don't go away. This is Ringler Radio, Internet radio from Ringler Associates. Quite simply, the undisputed leader in structured settlements for more than 30 years. Since 1975, Ringler Associates has provided the finest structured settlement services to injured parties and their attorneys. Experience counts. Over 130,000 cases structured. This is Ringler Radio, Internet radio from Ringler Associates placing more than $18 billion in structures over the past 30 years and one of the few companies that truly enjoys the trust of all parties in the settlement process. Ring the Radio is produced by broadcast professionals at the Legal Talk Network. We invite you to listen to our other shows on the Legal Talk Network and become a member. It's free at www.legaltalknetwork.com. Did you know you can download Ringler Radio to your iPod? Just go to iTunes and subscribe to the Legal Talk Network. It's free. Ringler Associates, the only broker you need. Listen to all the Ringler Radio shows. Just go to ringlerassociates.com and click on Ringler Radio and choose a topic. Ringler Radio is made possible in part by the life markets that issue structured settlement annuities, including Aviva, Genworth Financial, The Hartford, Mass Mutual, MetLife, Liberty Life, American General, and Pacific Life and Annuity. Welcome back to Ringler Radio. This is Larry Cohen, and we're continuing our discussion now on the current trials and past tribulations caused by the painkiller Vioxx. My co-host today is Ringler Chairman Dennis English, and Dennis is down in sunny South Carolina. On the phone, and our guest uh, here in the studio is Attorney Ted Meadows of Beasley Allen, and we've been having a quite spirited discussion about what's going on in the in the realm of Vioxx lately. You know, uh, Ted, early in the Vioxx story, uh, I can recall hearing Dr. David Graham, who was uh, quite vocal on this whole issue. He was a scientist for the FDA, and he said that Vioxx caused as many as 140,000 heart attacks and strokes and killed as many as 55,000 people, and you know, these numbers are staggering, and uh, how many more personal injury cases could be filed here, and, uh, you know, where is, where is numbers accurate? Uh, you know, I, let me ask that, answer that this way. Um, David Graham is, is uh, truly uh, a hero, I think, uh, a man that works in the FDA in a, a, under an administration that uh, that. From what we've seen with the FDA of late, it's got to be a hostile place for him to work. For him to take the position he's taken is remarkable. Uh, and uh, we're fortunate enough now with some of the trials that are, that are coming up. And, and in fact, the ca- trial going on in California, uh, there's been testimony taken from Dr. Graham that's been recorded on video. And uh, it's very unusual to see an FDA scientist give testimony in a trial. So we're hoping that, that these juries will uh, really um, 
use that information in their deliberation processes, and I think they will. But his numbers are truly staggering they to are. think about. They are. Uh, and he backs them up. If you if you uh, saw his testimony in front of the Senate, uh, and if you have seen his testimony um, in trial, it's he backs it up with hard statistical and epidemiological evidence. Mm-hmm. Um, and what? how does that translate into the number of lawsuits that are filed? It's hard to tell. But I, I can tell you that, uh, you know, there have been thousands of cases filed today, probably something in the neighborhood of 15,000 in the MDL. Uh, there is an important date coming up soon. Uh, on uh, September 30th of this year, we'll be two years out since the Vioxx withdrawal from the market. And most lawyers, uh, plaintiffs' lawyers, typically use a drug withdrawal date as the trigger date for calculating statutes of limitations. So with most states uh, or a majority of states having a two-year statute of limitations uh, period, I would expect to see an enormous number of filings over the next month or two. Uh, so that will give us a good picture here shortly. Absolutely. That is it. I, I'm just curious. I don't recall any other situation in which a defendant decided to try individual cases of this magnitude. Are you, are you familiar with any of that, anything like that? The only thing I can liken it to, um, well, there's probably a couple of different uh, situations I can liken it to, but I, I know that in tobacco, uh, the tobacco industry uh, took on every personal injury case that was filed. I'm not talking about the actions that were filed by the states and, and the governmental agencies, but they took on every personal injury case that was filed. And as far as I know to date, even though they've lost some, they have never paid anybody a dime. Uh, you know, y- y- you can probably get a little bit better picture by looking at something like asbestos, and I'm reminded by some of my friends that there were many losses early on, and as- the asbestos industry swore to try every case, and we all know what uh, how that turned out. Yeah, well, that's just it. In most of these instances, you know, the as you said earlier in the in the discussion, the the fight is is very strong in the early stages, and then eventually things happen. So, is it realistic to believe that Merck can fight thirteen thousand lawsuits and growing? I mean, is that is that realistic? It's hard to imagine, uh, but it's also hard for me to imagine that a company that has done what they've done and admitted that they have caused at least some heart attacks is now two years out from having admitted as much and not paid anybody. Yeah, so it's uh, we may not be dealing with uh, reasonable minds at this point. <laughs> that's interesting. Uh, are you aware of where the next Vioxx trial might be held, or is, is it already scheduled? Yeah, it's uh, scheduled to be in the MDL, which is in New Orleans, uh, at the end of this month. Um, it's what we call the Barnett case. The plaintiff's name is Barnett. Mm-hmm. And uh, Mark Robinson is the attorney, principal attorney on that case, but my firm's also involved in that oh, one. Well, so That's interesting. Too. And uh, if you anybody who wants to learn more about the uh, Vioxx litigation, you can go to my website, my firm's website, BeasleyAllen.com, to learn a lot more about it. Well, that's I was just going to ask you that question because we're about at the end of the show here. And, uh, you know, Dennis, uh, Ted provides a perspective here. I'm glad we had him on the show. He provides a real perspective. Yeah, he was excellent guest. Thank yeah, you, Ted. Really absolutely. Thank you. And, Dennis, thank you for joining us uh, today from uh, pleasure, South Carolina. Larry. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. And for, for our audience, remember, uh, ringlerassociates.com. You can find Ringler Associate brokers out there and tune into Ringler Radio as well. 
And uh, go ahead and have a great day, everybody, and uh, continue to listen to Ringler Radio as we report from the ATLA convention here in Seattle. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Ringler Radio. Ringler Associates, experience counts. Since 1975, Ringler Associates has provided the finest structured settlement services to injured parties and their attorneys. Ringler Radio is made possible in part by the life markets that issue structured settlement annuities, including Aviva, Genworth Financial, The Hartford, Mass Mutual, MedLife, Liberty Life, American General, and Pacific Life and Annuity.